When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield. And for this episode, I'm joined by one of my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo. Are you ready to talk about the big budget Marvel multiverse movie that isn't even the best multiverse movie of the past six weeks? You know, I was going to say something to that effect since I watched them back to back this week. But yeah, I totally agree. I totally yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's right, folks. We're here to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The other movie that we were talking about, just to get that out of the way, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which drop what you're doing now well finish listening to us then drop what you're doing then go to the movie theater because everything everywhere all at once is one of the best movies of the year and i'll just i'll just cut to the chase here a much better movie than dr strange in the multiverse of madness shots fired right away yeah um but anyway if you just want to hear us talk about marvel you're in the right place because uh this is the 28th mcu film and surprisingly, it's only the second MCU project of 2022. It feels like we're getting these things like every month, but for 2022, they started kind of slow. Um, and boy, oh boy, there's been a lot of discussion about this movie. Oddly enough, not much of it is about Doctor Strange. You see, this is a, <laughs> this is a multiverse movie and Marvel sees that there are going to be cameos galore. And that seems to have taken over the discourse of this film over the past several months. But never fear, we're not here just to talk about cameos. We're going to talk about Doctor Strange in the multi. Oh, it's such a mouthful. I'm going to leave that flub in. I'm not even going to fix the edit because I just want people to know every time I say this stupid, stupid title, it's going to make me upset. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness from all angles, the good, the bad, and the Sam Raimi. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, I see what uh, you did. Yeah, and as we do with these comic book movie review episodes, we're going to start by giving you our non-spoiler thoughts on the film, let you know what we think in a general sense. Then we're going to transition to spoiler discussion where we dive deep into the details of the film and spoil everything we can. And I, I say this with uh, even more of a warning because this is a movie that we really can't discuss very much in a non-spoiler way because if you've seen the trailers, if you've even read the synopsis, Marvel doesn't tell you anything about this movie. And that's because there's a lot of, of reveals. So if you want to go in fresh, you can listen to our, our, you know, early thoughts on the movie, but then we'll give you plenty of warning before we, we transition. But before we get mad talking about the multiverse, I got to tell you the playlist podcast is part of the playlist podcast network, which includes be real, the fourth wall, deep focus, the discourse, binge worthy, and more. If you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, anchor, stitcher, anywhere else to find your favorite shows. Okay. Mike. Yeah. Let's get this spoiler free stuff out of the way. Uh, we say this with each MCU movie, but really it's gotten to the point where we just can't talk about these movies without spoiling stuff. So we're going to do our best to answer on spoilers real quick here to give our overall thoughts on Multiverse of Madness. And Mike, I'm going to have you step into the minefield first. Um, tell me your overall thoughts. Sure. Uh, I'll just start off by saying that I am a fan of Doctor Strange, the first film. 
uh, the character. I enjoyed what they managed to do with the character in the other films beyond that. Like many fans, I was very much looking forward to seeing everything they were going to throw into this when it comes to, you know, the multiverse that they've been teasing for a year and or more than that, or just pushing Strange forward as a character. Um, so it's with all of that said that I say that I was so very disappointed in this movie. <laughs> well, okay. So let me stop you there. Let's yeah. let's you like Doctor Strange. I'll say flat out that the 2016, 17, yeah. whenever that was, like six, seven years ago, that movie was not my favorite Marvel movie. But here's the disadvantage we both have coming into this movie. We're not huge Sam Raimi people. No. So, so I think that colors a lot of what we're going to say in this non-spoiler section. So I'll let yeah, you Yeah, that's what I've been telling a lot of people. Uh, I didn't like it because I don't like Sam Raimi. And that's like, that's the, the, the crux of it. Um, it's not Marvel grinding, you know, its directors into a visionless robot uh, like they have done in the past or have been accused of in the past, but they let Raimi just have his way with this movie. And for some people, that's outstanding news. But for someone who's tried to get on board the Raimi train time and time again, only to, you know, fall off uh, covered in cheese and camp, uh, I just can't get on board. And this movie is filled with just that cheese and camp and his signature cheap camera tricks and his dated sense of humor and a lo-fi kind of camp horror approach to filmmaking. And for me, that's kind of heartbreaking because I didn't I didn't want to see that <laughs> thrown in uh, to to this franchise. They basically made a, a Thor Ragnarok level tone shift to Doctor Strange when I don't think it was necessary or the right direction to necessarily go. I agree. I, I Here's what I'll say. Again, I don't like the Doctor Strange movie nearly as much as you do. We've talked about this many times. Yeah. And uh, it isn't because I thought the first movie was like incompetent. I just don't see... Whenever you start talking about magic and mystical <laughs> stuff, I did, my eyes kind of glaze over. It doesn't really do it for me. Lots so, of people moving their hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The fights are like, you know, like we'll, we'll get into more about this one. But the fights in the first one were like, let's go in the mirror universe. It's so wild. And I just, you know, whatever. That was whatever to me. <laughs> that said, what Scott Derrickson did in that movie, I have to now reevaluate because mm. I think – I discounted that movie because now I saw what Sam Raimi did and I don't like this direction at all. <laughs> um, I, I, we've, we've talked about Sam Raimi. It seems like for like ages now on this podcast. Um, and I think the general theme is for me. And I think for you is that the second he lost the horror edge and went more with the camp and the silly and, and that's, that's when we both get off the train. Right. Yeah. For sure. And, and this movie has moments where you're like genuinely shocked at the horrific stuff you're seeing. Like I'll say this right, right off the bat. Don't, don't bring your kids to this movie. Um, no. <laughs> this is, this is a very uh, dark and uh, I wouldn't even say horrific because that makes it seem like it's scary. It's not scary, but there are some things in here that, that would really fuck up some kids. I'll just it's say just that. some off putting visuals. Right. Yeah. And uh, and, and then that would be fine. I'm, I'm all about horror. I would love a straight up Marvel horror movie, but what Sam Raimi does with horror is he'll give you something that's like shocking and then undercut it with a joke or a silly angle, or, you know, the, the effects look a little low budge and I'm just like, okay, it's Screaming still Sam Raimi. Left and right. Oh my gosh. The amount of screaming women. I, <laughs> I just, I can't with that. Um, 
and and there were honestly moments that that were unintentionally humorous and and putting my rainy aversion aside I think there are moments where I can safely say that objectively the humor just doesn't work in this movie mm-hmm. like it does in previous Marvel movies. I, I typically, even a bad Marvel movie gets me chuckling. And and I don't think I, I giggled once in this movie. Um, and yeah, so overall, we're, we're pretty down on this movie, uh, probably more so than a lot of people because of our Sam Raimi uh dislike yeah, apparently a lot of the critic universe loves sam raimi because he's doing a lot better than i thought he would on rotten yeah. tomatoes like with the overall consensus right and and but what i will say just without the the raimi thing because we're gonna i don't want to beat a dead horse here um mm-hmm. my thoughts on the movie are the plot isn't very good it's very thin the characterizations are all over the place um people that you've seen in previous movies act wildly out of character to me um the there are distracting moments um there are characters that are giving uh uh given nothing to work with in this movie and Mm -hmm. and all those things just add up to just a disappointment um and yeah yeah and then any last thoughts there's like the reshoots and the tumultuous editing process of it all that was reported up up to it and you can really feel that you can feel that it's been reshot and edited to within an inch of its life and it's paced up as much as possible often to the detriment of character beats and development and it's just yeah those big moments are undercut by the fact that they're just throwaways they're they're toss away moments yeah and and what's interesting about this movie is it's a two hour like barely two hour movie which we should be applauding because marvel tends to be uh it tends to have a little fat on the bone right like there are moments where you could just you could easily chop 10 to 15 minutes off most marvel movies or and it feels like 90 percent of the eternals movie whatever right? you know. <laughs> but it feels like marvel just like knew that was going to happen like that there he like kevin feige knew that we would get mad at him for making a two and a half hour movie so he went ahead and just chopped it to the bone and mm-hmm. then suddenly we're like oh but we we missed those character moments the stopping for a breath every now and then um those things that that Marvel's kind of been known for, especially on TV, where we're getting, we're starting to really dive deep into these characters. So when you see something that just flies by, like this movie, it and and then still tries to, to have as many characters as it does, it just feels, uh, it feels incomplete. Yeah, very thin. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's about as much as we can talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. And I will say for those that think that we're being overly harsh on the movie. I can't tell you the things I did like because they're spoilers. So <laughs> it, I, there are moments that I, I do enjoy in this movie, but uh, overall, just to give you a general sense, I'm at a C minus on this movie. Um, Mike, where are you? Yeah. C, C minus somewhere yeah. around there. I, I'm very similar to, to where you're at. Yeah. Okay. So Which let's usually get... I am, let's, let's face it. I am on the sunnier side of life oh. when it comes to these movies. Oh yeah. You are, you are the guy who will apologize for Marvel stuff. Um, <laughs> we haven't really, we haven't talked about Moon Knight, me and you haven't really. Um, yeah. But just on the way back from this screening, we talked a little bit about Moon Knight and you were, you were definitely like, we're wildly differing opinions on that even. <laughs> so uh, for us to, to come to a consensus on this is pretty interesting. Um don't know what it says about the movie but yeah yeah no. so um let's get uh, without the spoiler stuff let's let's jump into the the spoilery section now and really get into this movie so again you've been warned um we're going to start off with spoilers right after this so uh turn off if you haven't seen the movie or or listen and just have us spoil everything that's your prerogative <laughs> you break the rules look out 
I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. Okay, so let's jump into the spoiler section here. Uh, I'm going to get this out of the way first because I think the distraction of the cameos, it, yeah. it really doesn't uh, do much for the movie in the sense that it doesn't move the the discussion forward. So let's just get the, the cameos out of the way real quick, and then we'll get into kind of the nitty gritty of the plot and everything. Because um, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys want to hear about our, our thoughts on the Illuminati, right? Um, <laughs> as Marvel stupidly showed in the trailers, the Illuminati are in this movie. Um, that spawned a ton a ton of discussion over the past several months. Um, I think the trailer that introduced the Illuminati was like in February or March. And it seems like just that's all people wanted to know is who's going to be in the Illuminati. Um, that and the fan expectations of what the, right. you know, they were going to be in the movie. It just, right. it was, it was already like insurmountable, but even then what they do with them is basically just fan service. Like, right. Hey, here's this character. Here's this character. Here's this character. <laughs> now yeah. they're all dead. so yeah let's let's take a step back here the illuminati are in this movie and those that don't know what the illuminati are in marvel uh comic books the illuminati were kind of this uh underground conglomeration of like the big thinkers in the marvel universe you had like uh t'challa you had reed richards professor x um just basically tony stark basically all the people that should you know like the illuminati that we have in conspiracy theories the people who shape the world but superheroes real life you know right so uh yeah this is a version of them it's not the version from the comic books instead marvel well we'll say marvel gave us one person that's in a couple people that are in the actual illuminati in the comics the first that they stupidly stupidly showed in the trailer that kind of kicked off this whole like discussion is charles xavier and he is played by patrick stewart then you had, you got other other members who were secrets, right? You got Lashana Lynch as the alternate universe Captain Marvel. There's Black Bolt played by Anson Mount from the horrible Inhumans TV series, but he's given kind of a more comics accurate change here. Then you have Baron Mordo, uh, a completely underutilized character in this movie, played by <laughs> Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, and then the two big surprises, uh, one of which was spoiled in the trailers, which is Haley Atwell as Captain Carter from What If, but live action, of course. And Why then you have jo- the Illuminati. Who knows? Yeah. And then you have John Krasinski as Reed Richards, aka Mr. Fantastic, which is every that's the one I think that's going to like have people oh, cheering, blow shit up, and then right. Very and then he after. and then he yeah. blows up um <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the the general uh just to give more background so context here uh strange and america chavez go to an alternate universe um and in there they have this team called the illuminati who basically their goal is to make sure that the world doesn't isn't destroyed by dr strange um and so yeah you see these characters they're they're just given fan service moments um John Krasinski's given quite a bit of dialogue as Reed Richards. I think he does pretty well. Um, I don't know if the listeners know this, but if you Google Boss Logic, he's kind of a, a Photoshopper extraordinaire who comes up with all these like mock-ups of what actors would look like as certain characters. And basically, it's like Marvel hired him to design Reed <laughs> Richards. Um, he looks just like what he thought John Krasinski would look like. And yeah. And then they fight uh, uh, the villain of this movie and they all subsequently die in horribly graphic and uh, disconcerting and 
gross ways some, um, because some downright bad CGI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just to, to John Krasinski, uh, we see him stretch like once and then he gets <laughs> torn to literal shreds and then his head pops like a balloon. Yeah. Um, Anson Mount <laughs> as Black Bolt. I will um, admit that death was cool. Cool or funny? <laughs> funny and cool <laughs> i think it was supposed to be shocking and so what happens is black bolt has the ability to whenever he speaks even if it's a, if it's a whisper it's enough to destroy anything in its path like the voice um just has that much power so he keeps quiet and he signs um but in this uh he is his mouth is erased due to magic and he tries to speak and it basically gives him a brain hemorrhage um and caves in his skull and it is over the top and ridiculous and it made me laugh because of how how silly it was um <laughs> but basically sam raimi marvel they they teased us with the illuminati they give us one scene with them they all just get murdered horrifically and that's that that's that's it so what did you think of this mike an absolute waste of characters um <laughs> and I mean, did it really have a point no. other than other than showing the Illuminati? No, not really. Um, and the thing that I'm wondering is, are they just putting John Krasinski in as Mr. Fantastic to appease those people that are just crying for him at this point? Yeah. And then they're going to cast someone else? Is Did he just agree to do this so they would have him on and kill him? As a lark. Is he Mr. Fantastic from now on? Well, and they're not going to tell us, right? No. Um, they're they're the to pull back the curtain on this to get a little meta. Marvel is developing a Fantastic Four movie. We don't know anything about it other than John Watts, the director, recently stepped away. Um, we don't know who the cast is at that. And because this is a multiverse, and because nothing matters, and because Marvel Studios can introduce these characters and then have Captain Carter be cut in half by her own shield, these characters <laughs> could exist on other universes. They could not. Uh, there could be a different looking Reed Richards in another universe. So none of it means anything. And it's just disappointing for me as a fan. <laughs> yeah. And and also I think it's going to be disappointing for a lot of people because uh, imagine if Spider-Man No Way Home teased the Spider-Men and then didn't follow through on it. Right. And fans had built up the fact that those Spider-Men were going to be in the movie and, and or Marvel if they delivered were in it. And yeah. they were in it for five minutes and then killed. Right. <laughs> but but even but what I'm saying here is that Marvel teases the Illuminati. People had like Tom Cruise being in this movie. People yeah. were like, we're going to have, you know, a different type of Black Panther. They're going to, you know, we're going to have the entire X-Men. Maybe Wolverine's going to show up. Like people were getting wild with their predictions. And ultimately, I think Marvel delivered the most lackluster version of that. Um yeah. The and then the, the what could have really just blown shit up is the Charles Xavier reveal, and then to give that away in the trailer, it's just mm -hmm. it is kind of cool that they do the little X Men ninety seven, uh, na 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 like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, neat. yeah, and they give does him his, mean his yellow floaty thing. Yeah, and they gave him the same chair. So does that mean? we saw the animated version killed in real life. Is that what I we're saying? I don't know, man. But that's what I'm saying is yes and no. Marvel, if they want to make that canon, they could. Marvel, if they didn't want to, they could say, oh, it's just a different universe. 
right with the same theme song and cheer yeah so it's it's like it doesn't matter and and ultimately the multiverse movies multiverse stories really have to thread that needle carefully right it's almost like time travel if done incorrectly it can come off as disappointing and fan servicey and inconsequential um what this movie is basically right right <laughs> so anyway let's wrap up this because i don't want to get bogged down into the cameos only to say i was disappointed and if you're expecting a lot of cameos you are probably disappointed um you're missing and- one final cameo are we going to mention that at all Oh, towards the end, towards the end. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, there's one that shows up in a post-credit scene. We'll we'll get to that. I don't want to get bogged down in that. But okay. this is the the scene that everybody was looking forward to. And I think um, if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, temper your expectations. We just ruined it for you. But um, <laughs> if you have seen the movie, I, I would have to assume if you're one of those people who are just, you know, thinking Tom Cruise was going to show up as superior Iron Man, that you were uh, badly disappointed. And I'm sorry. Um, I apologize on behalf of Marvel and really Marvel in the future. Don't spoil stuff in the the trailers like that. <laughs> yeah. Even Kevin Feige admitted that they went too far. Yeah. God. Um, so with the cameos out of the way, let's talk about this film from a plot perspective. Um, I will, here's, here's the basic plot and it'll take me one sentence. Wanda wants her kids back. Wanda Scarlet Witch. She will kill a teenager to make it happen, kill universes to make it happen, and she goes to make that happen, <laughs> which leads on a madcap adventure across the multiverse. That's basically it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's basically it. Would you agree with me that this film, which is again supposed to crack open the vast multiverse, travel to various universes, and wow us on so many levels, has one of the most simple stories of any recent Marvel project? Yeah, that's one of the things that really disappointed me about it. Like. It's it's something where they they built up this big thing with Loki and Spider-Man home or no way home. And as this like MCU reshaping event, like Mm -hmm. the Infinity Saga had these, you know, big events like the Avengers or Winter Soldier or Civil War, where they pushed the MCU in a new direction and affected everyone. And part of the letdown with this movie is that it's so inconsequential outside of it. You know, it just toys with the idea of the multiverse. So, uh, I mean, it's just like, yeah, Kevin Feige said in an interview that the events of Loki were the reason Dr. Strange's spell was able to bring over, you know, all the Spider-Man villains. And it's the reason the multiverse is now wide open. But if you have to explain it, it doesn't really connect with this no. movie. Like no. all that buildup that we got ultimately is kind of wasted here. And you expect this, you know, big shifting event where the multiverse is cracked open and now the, the MCU has changed forever. And really it's just a Dr. Strange story, but barely. Yeah. Um, really it's more of a Wanda movie than anything. Yeah. Dr. Strange I, has a little bit of something. And I, just to interrupt, I, I don't even think the Loki uh, Spider-Man connections really mean anything in this movie. No, Loki isn't brought up at all. Like no. not that it would be, but like nothing that happened in Loki is even hinted at in this movie. Right, um, that's what I'm saying is if Kevin Feige has to explain the connection, then it's not yeah, a connection. No. And then the Spider-Man No Way Home is given a joke. They take this highly emotional movie and then turn it into a joke about if he shoots webs out of his butt. And <laughs> and not only that, the trailer would lead you to believe that the events of this movie are brought on because Strange cracked open the multiverse and started this chain of events that now has like brought our universe in peril. But that's not it at all either. Mm-hmm. Like. 
the Spider-Man stuff was cut and dry, done. We're done, you know? Yeah. And then this is because America Chavez, who has um, the power to literally punch holes in the reality, um, she does that. And that's why they travel to other multiverses, which is it's so strange that that this yeah. is the plot that they came up with. Um, for a Almost Doctor like Strange. it was thought up before Spider-Man or Loki right. were around. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing, right? So you talked, you hinted at the the rewrites, right? Well, mm-hmm. this movie was supposed to come out before Loki and before Spider-Man. And they wrote, uh, I think Michael Waldron or, or Sam Raimi is quoted as saying they wrote like two thirds or three quarters of this movie without even knowing what happens in WandaVision even. Yeah. yeah. And that's how early it was. I mean, that's how early you got to be with the movies. And right. then there's TV shows that... Like, how do you mix in a TV schedule into into the films? It's really They're trying. Tough. They're trying. Yeah. Um, and, and COVID didn't help, obviously. And that's what happened was this movie then got delayed. And so the multiverse was going to be kind of introduced, I guess, in this movie and then explored more in Loki and No Way Home. And instead, we got Loki No Way Home, which introduced the multiverse. And then this movie just kind of drops the ball because we were expecting so much more because this is a kind of our third massive trip into the multiverse. And we get like, you know, a couple new universes that don't really do much Illuminati who's killed. And basically it turns into a Wanda versus strange movie, um, which it's so weird. So yeah. weird. And can we so, just say what a waste of Wanda? Okay. What that's what I was going to get to you now. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think this movie is going to be very divisive in the sense that not just the cameos, but the plot, because there are characterizations that I hinted at at the beginning that are, I think wildly off base. And I think the biggest one is Wanda. Um, we are given Wanda, uh, if you guys watch WandaVision, who has um, already broken down once to the point where she created an entire alternate reality where she brainwashed an entire city to believe that, you know, they were living in the 50s and she had, you know, her two kids, a white picket fence and a husband who happens to be an android. And we see the ramifications of her kind of losing her mind. And it seemed as if at the end, she came to realize that she can't control reality, right? Like, it's just, that's, you know, sometimes what is the grief thing, you know? If not love persevering, right? Right. So she understands that grief is grief and needs to be felt. Well, this movie says, no, that's not true. Because now Wanda is pissed. Mm -hmm. And within the, what? first 20 minutes of the movie probably within 90 seconds of seeing wanda on screen she does the reveal that she's the scarlet witch and has been tainted by this thing called the dark hold and uh she will kill anybody in her path to get america chavez who's like a little 14 15 year old girl who has the power to travel to multiverses because she wants to find her kids and become a parent again, which I think kind of in my mind undoes everything that happened in WandaVision. It undercuts it quite a bit. Yeah. And, and so if you're not okay with that, which I wasn't, I I looked at that as like, wow, they took this character that Elizabeth Olsen has beautifully portrayed since 2015 or 2014. And in one fail swoop has undone everything to make her a villain. And she's a great villain. Let me throw that out there. If I was okay with the change, Elizabeth Olsen plays it to a T and Wanda in Scarlet Witch is very scary in this movie, but I just don't like it. No, it wastes all the development that they did. And 
the other thing is, is it goes, like you said, for in 90 seconds from zero to I'm the bad guy and there's no like real transition. It's just I'm bad and that's what it is. And you're going to accept that and you're going to roll with it because you liked me all this time. But that's not really how it works. Um, so you just kind of see this character doing things you're not used to seeing the character do and crossing these lines that they wouldn't necessarily cross. And they're all like, oh, it's the dark hold. But it just it feels it feels wrong. It doesn't feel like you should be doing this to a character that everybody loves so much at this point and that you've put all this effort into building up into, you know, this anti-hero at the very least. Um, yeah, it just feels like a waste. And and before I know there are comic book fans out there like banging their heads against their, their phones or whatever they're listening to saying, but Wanda goes crazy in the comics. Yes, I know. I know yeah, that Wanda, saw it. but we did. That's, that's the point of WandaVision, right? Is that they redeemed her at the end of that. And that wasn't a big, that wasn't a full redemption either. There were still issues. Like you said, she was, she really screwed up people and, mm-hmm. and really uh, created a situation that was completely selfish and she banishes herself. And it's so weird that at the end of WandaVision, we are introduced to the Darkhold because that's what um, Agatha Harkness has, I believe. And Wanda then has it. And then we're supposed to believe off camera that she's just been toiling with this, sending literal demons to fight a 14-year-old girl across reality so that she can be a single mom. And I get that the, the – I get – Michael Waldron, the writer of this, and Sam Raimi and, and Marvel thinking that's a hell of a story because it is a mom who will do anything to be a mother who feels like her kids are ripped away from her. That like has emotional weight, if not for the fact that we've had seven years of building this character. And yeah, it felt like that, and she's already been through the journey of, you know, having to let them go because they weren't real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, this is the you, we we talked about it just now about weaving tv with these movies and it's very difficult and i think again they've even they've even said that they wrote the wanda character based on i think like three or four plot points that they were given about what happens in wandavision because that show wasn't even filming yet mm-hmm. and you have to it felt like i think i said this to you on the way home from our screening it felt like michael waldron read the cliff's notes version of wandavision and wrote mm-hmm. a story based on that and and it it's the first time in a Marvel movie in 28 movies and half a dozen TV shows where I felt like there's this disconnect um, and and somebody dropped the ball. And that's a bummer because it really it really ruins Wanda in my mind. Yeah. And quite possibly kills her. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't know for sure, but it looked like that might be the case. Even if she's alive, can she come back from this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's redemption anymore. She literally was blowing people's heads up. Um, she killed the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. Like she killed Charles Xavier. Like, oh my gosh. Anyway, let's talk about other characters in this movie. Um, notice that we're not talking about Dr. Strange and I'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> let's talk about America Chavez. Cause this is the human MacGuffin. Ca- yep. Yep. Uh, this is a character is a fan favorite, a recent Marvel creation. And I say recent meaning like last 15, 20 years. And she is a character that is really neat in the comics. Um, but she is completely, completely treated as a plot device, a MacGuffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is what Wanda is after. Like Wanda uh, is basically like the Terminator. 
She's on a mission to capture John Connor, except John Connor is America Chavez. And America Chavez can't control her powers. She really has no agency in this movie. She's just dragged from place to place by Doctor Strange. And it really takes a character that I was excited to see brought to live action and reduced her to just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, she's just screams and is scared a lot. Yep. And punches holes in, in the multiverse. And that's, yeah. that's about it. And then the, the, the whole like arc of her, you know, that she's supposed to find confidence and be able to control her powers. There's no real arc to it. It's just no. like, she can't do it. She can't do it. Oh, suddenly she can. Um, <laughs> cool. Cause a zombie strange told her she could. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And she's given a super tragic backstory which is shown um, in kind of a clever way. I'll give him that. The whole, you know, we'll, we'll replay your memories thing. That was kind of sure. cool. Yeah, and, I didn't mind that. And, and her, uh, you know, her, her mom's dying in, in the way that, or not dying, but going missing in the way they did. It felt like that was going to be like the resolution. Like I was waiting for her to be reconnected with her parents. That didn't happen. Instead, by the end of it, she can kind of control her powers and then strange enlists her to be a sorcerer which is so strange, no pun intended. It's wildly out of character to see her go from wearing her cool jean jacket and punching literal holes in reality to struggling to open a portal and and celebrating that she can make sparks from her fingers, like Ned from No Way Home. Um, yeah, it just feels completely wasted. Yeah, it, I don't really know the character that well, obviously, but uh, didn't love the yeah just the human MacGuffin element of it all and well, the fact that I'll say this right yeah. I'll ask you this yeah. you don't know the character do you care to see her again no <laughs> exactly and that's the <laughs> ultimate Marvel has all these great characters and I know each one is like a fan favorite for somebody right and and to to make it to where you know people are people are going to leave this movie being like I don't even remember her name yeah that's fair yeah so okay let's talk about Doctor Strange Mm, which one this, yeah this is a doctor strange movie and he's given no real arc he has an arc which is he's apparently a prick like the first movie selfish <laughs> wants to take everything into his own hands doesn't trust other people like in the first movie and then magically by the end of it is like oh nope uh i'm not gonna i'm gonna let america do it i'm not gonna take it away from her and that's supposed to be like celebrated i don't know what did you think yeah. of how Dr. Strange is portrayed? Yeah. Uh, I mean, his arc is just, it's kind of well-worn territory because we've seen him, you know, kind of do this in the first movie. We've seen him come to these realizations that he comes to in this movie in like the what if series, even like the, the, his love for Christine and the things that he'll do. And that I love you in every universe, that kind of thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Wasn't that in what if, yeah. Uh, so it feels like a lot of this stuff is just rehash, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and they're kind of playing it off as something new. Um, so yeah, it didn't really play for me. And then there's the multiple characters of it all, which I don't know what it was. It's just, even Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen, like these are great actors who can do great things, but the dialogue that they made them say, just like even coming out of their mouths, just at times was like, what the hell is this movie trying to do here? It felt like they're just trying to patch things up script wise and, and plot wise. And it just felt like a lot of lines that were just flubbed and dropped and they just threw it in. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Christine thing is, is really, I think supposed to be the heart of this movie is he still Mm -hmm. pines after the girl who is getting married uh, to another guy. And he knows that he can't be that guy. At least that's the idea, but that's really, it's not really explored. The Christine from his universe isn't in this movie at all, except for the first opening bits. And then we're introduced to an alternate universe, Christine, who has seen the worst in strange. And then suddenly still is like, Oh, well, I guess I like you still, but it doesn't matter. Cause she's not part of this universe. Right? Like it's all inconsequential. Um, and it doesn't do anything because again, we saw the, the ramifications of the relationship and what strange would do to make it work in what if, in one of the best episodes of what if I'd say, yeah. and, and, and we got a much better story in that. Again, it's almost like the TV isn't talking to the movie, right? Like it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I would have I, rather seen a live action version of the what if episode than what we, what we got here. Right. Right. And it, it, things like Baron Mordo, who was set up mm. to be the main antagonist is given five minutes in this movie, 15 minutes. And also exactly. he's not the Baron Mordo. We know he's no, it's an alternate universe. Another right. wasted character. Right. And, and we get the fight, we get them fighting. And now what, if we, if he's reintroduced, if the real Baron Mordo is reintroduced in, in strange three, it's like, we've already seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so let's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm getting more down on this movie as we talk about it, because I just feel like there's so much wasted potential. Um, there's one thing I, I said to you uh, after we saw this movie that I want to, I want to discuss a little further, which is for me, this feels like the first time I, as a huge fan of these movies and the characters and the comics, I felt like Kevin Feige dropped the ball. Yeah. And that is so interesting to see because for years, everybody thought Kevin Feige had this kind of plan, right? Had this Bible that he's working from and everything was leading. He had it all scripted out. And he kept for years, kept saying, no, it's not like that. We just play it by ear. We just wing it. We figure stuff out on the fly. We rewrite these movies during production. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, wink, wink. Yeah, sure, Kevin Feige. But this movie feels like it was held together by a wing and a prayer, right? Like this, yeah. what do you think about that? Like, does is this the first time where you, are have lost faith in Feige's plan. No, I think he is a very talented person, but he's strung too thin. I mean, you're doing three to four shows and three to four movies a year. His guiding hand just isn't able to be as present uh, as, as it has been. He, you can't do all of this and do all of it well. And that's how this is going to be. It's quickly going to become the comics in, in that there's a wide spectrum of stories by different artists and some are great and some are not great. And it's going to get a lot, you know, less consistent, you know, before there was consistency because, you know, the infinity saga had, had uh, at least a a narrow, you know, a narrower, a narrower viewpoint um, and less characters to focus on, but now it's just so expansive and there's so much going on in different areas that you can't, the consistency just isn't going to happen. They've expanded too much. They've reached a breaking point where it's just, some of it's going to be good. Some of it's really just going to miss. And it's, it's already like that. I mean, Eternals just didn't work. um, At least in my opinion. And then you got like uh, no way home was great. And Shang-Chi was great. And then this just didn't work. So that's fine. I think you bringing up the comics is exactly it. I think the comic books, uh, 
it's accepted in the comic books because again, they're just comics. They're not these billion dollar behemoth things. <laughs> you can, you can pick up a, a Scarlet Witch comic and read it and it's a complete story and it tells it from the point of view of the writer and the artist um, at that time. And then yeah. 10 years later, another writer artist might take a, a Wanda story and write her differently. And that's just kind of accepted in the comics. In the movies, it comes across uh, very oddly because these aren't, it's not like, a, it's a different artistic interpretation, but it's the same people, right? This right. is Elizabeth Olsen. And we've seen Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, but this isn't Wanda, you know? And, and I don't know that you can have that sort of wildly different characterization with each story and chalk it up to, well, this is this artist's interpretation. Um, I don't know that it works in live action films. It depends if it, if it you know, remains pure with, to the character. Like Thor Ragnarok was a complete reinterpretation, but was really filled with heart and focused on uh, the character's journey. Uh, this is just, it's more about tone and completely changing like the, the feel of, of Dr. Strange. They just like, they wanted to ramify Dr. Strange. And for me, that just doesn't work. No. And, and it's a bummer. Like you, like we said before, because it, it, it took characters that had so much potential and have shown us, what they can do and 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 really we haven't even mentioned wong and the reason is because wong is inconsequential to this movie um he he's has a moments. lot of it yeah he has <laughs> moments but even though he's the sorcerer supreme he's still uh you know the sidekick yeah that's he's off doing his own thing um because uh, benedict wong is great as, as the character but the character just isn't given much to do um but yeah so what we're seeing now is it's not just that uh, we're seeing different artistic takes as far as tone and visuals. It's that we're seeing stuff like what is set up in WandaVision, which was a really solid, complete story, get kind of uprooted in the next possible, in the next thing where we see the character. And it's mm -hmm. just jarring for me. And, yeah. and, and you have to assume, I'm going to assume that Dr. Strange 3 isn't going to have Raimi. And oh, fingers crossed. And and only because that Raimi doesn't seem like the he's not in a point in his career where he wants to do like ten years of Marvel movies, right? So I would I would be shocked if he sticks around. And so we're gonna have another artistic interpretation. And you know, let's just hope that there is at least some like core consistency here. Yeah, I'll take anything over Raimi again. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I um, do so not like his shtick. Yeah. It, and it's a shtick. It's it's it it's props for him for doing it because he's got his fans and his fans are very loyal. But and this for... is like I'm not like shitting on the entirety of his catalog. I do, you know, I get why people love the Spider-Man movies. Right. I think Spider-Man 2 is, is a genuinely great movie, despite the Ramiisms that are in there. But he like even with the the Spider-Man movies, he toned down a lot of his except for that Dr. Uh Doc Ock. Yeah, uh, that horror scene, scene is very much oh a Raimi scene. But yeah. for the most part, he tones down his his Raiminess in those movies. And in this, he just turns it up and up and up. As the movie goes on, it just gets more and more and more Raimi to the point where they're having a 
music note fight. We didn't even talk about the music oh note fight. Oh, God. Uh, let me just fight, say that the hashtag s- music fight needs to happen on Twitter yeah, at some point. The, the score for this movie, in my mind, was completely distracting and very Danny Elfman, but it was like every stage of Danny Elfman's career crammed into one movie. Like yeah. there were moments where you're like, oh, this is like Oingo Boingo. Oh, this is like Batman 89. Oh, this, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and then it kind of crescendos at this like music note fight between two versions of Strange where they literally throw music notes at each other. It's just, it's almost in my mind laughable. Yeah, I was trying not to laugh out loud during the screening. At it makes moment. no sense, first it's off. It's absurd. It is so <laughs> absurd. So Sam Raimi. Yeah um but anyway so let's let's talk about the future a little bit before we wrap up here um the post-credit scenes we'll we'll skip to the second one first um the second post-credit scene plays off a joke quote-unquote joke that was in uh the movie that you with- were dreading on the way to the movie <laughs> <laughs> you're like if this happens i just <sighs> yeah and so it did. As you, as you might have mentioned, as you might expect, I should say, from a Sam Raimi movie, Bruce Campbell shows up. And I joked on the way that I just don't, I don't get the Bruce cameos or Bruce Campbell cameos. I don't think they're funny. I think they're distracting. And he shows up and people just, it's a pop in the crowd. And we're press only, by the way. There's a pop in the crowd. People are like, yeah. And then at the end, they pay off the joke by breaking the fourth wall. And it's so Raimi and so stupid. And ugh. what did you think yeah. of that one? Yeah, it was very cringy. Just yeah. the it's over joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not not for me. Not even I worth do, discussing. But even, even that said, I, I don't mind the Bruce Campbell, Campbell cameos in like Spider-Man. I think he's kind of entertaining in some of those roles. But this is just the hot dog vendor or whatever it was, <laughs> was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because it was, I'm laughing at it, not with it. Um, right. It, it didn't fit. It was like a complete detour for like maybe 60 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. And yeah. Okay. Enough of that. Oh, and the, <laughs> and the yellow Oldsmobile shows up. Cool. Ah, okay. Neat. Cool. Uh, oh yeah. And he also ends the movie on a shocking reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Big, big Raimi ending. A yeah. drag me to hell ending. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, it's funny. You mentioned drag me to hell the whole time I'm watching the movie. I'm thinking like, uh, would brian like this movie i think brian might really like this movie. i think he would love this movie and it's a bummer he couldn't make it to the screening i know we're gonna hear him say oh my god the movie is he so would have been the, the one defending the movie for sure oh yeah um okay so let's 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 shift gears to the first post credits or the mid credit scene which um so the end of this movie it's uh strange gets to the dark hold it corrupts him a little bit gives him a literal third eye and he hides it because magic and he's walking down the street, um, almost in a Spider-Man 3, you know, finger guns sort of way. He's just strolling down the street. And bum, 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 Clea shows up, played by Charlize Theron. And she says to him, uh, there's an incursion, want to help? And he goes, yeah. And the third eye opens up and he jumps with her <laughs> to whatever. And that's it, right? Um, it was kind of <sighs> cool seeing Charlize Theron, even though she looked completely silly um oh my god one of the worst costumes in the mcu (laughs) genuinely they don't even say her name she's this random blonde lady who invites strange on a mission and for some reason he doesn't question her and says cool let's do this yes Um, future wife let's do this (laughs) so yeah tell me i you've already hinted here what did you think of this scene 
uh, it was, it's literally fan service. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I assume that's where they're going with this. Like he's going to go on an adventure with Clea and it's going to be this big love story where they become, you know, a thing. Uh, Cause fuck Christine, right? Yeah. Fuck Christine. You know, <laughs> she's, <laughs> We just spent a whole movie of him pining after her, and he, you know, the, the hot blonde not, shows not up, and he's a like, whole yeah. movie, a whole like, oh yeah, a movie, a TV show, another movie, you know. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, if Charlene's Throne shows up, I'm jumping through a portal. Amen. <laughs> I, I can't fault him there. I I get it. But yeah, it was just weird, cast right? Clea, yeah. someone who can like go toe to toe with Benedict Cumberbatch. I get that you'd want it to be uh charlie's their own but this as her introduction was so empty and like where did this come from and why is he just immediately accepting this stranger's invitation uh because we only have 15 seconds (laughs) well and what's really weird is is sam raimi just delivers this horrific ending where he thinks everything's fine he has like a, a massive migraine all of a sudden as he's walking down the street Oh, yeah. So the movie ends with him walking down the street. He has a massive migraine and he looks up and he screams and the third eye opens and you're like, oh, no, he's tainted by the dark hold. Cut to hard cut to credits. Mm-hmm. Credits roll for like two minutes. OK, hard cut to new scene. He's walking down the street again. Finger like they couldn't, think of a different, <laughs> they couldn't think of a different setting. Walking down the street again, totally chill as if that didn't happen. And then is introduced to Clea opens up his third eye as if he's totally cool with it now and then jumps through a portal. Well, it's like, what, they just explain it away as, Oh, that took place, you know, a week later or two weeks later. <laughs> I would have liked it's to see that though. On the same street. Yeah. Um, it felt almost like a mid credit scene that Sony would put together. Exactly. Like maybe, it, it felt almost as bad as the Morbius after credits. Uh, I haven't seen the Morbius after credits. I've read about them. I haven't seen Morbius yet. Um, but yeah, if, Here's what I'll say is it was a real waste of Charlize Theron as the character. Um, If you're going to introduce her, do it right. Don't give us this little thing. Uh, It felt like the Harry Styles thing at the end of Eternals Uh. where you introduce this character just for the fan service. And I don't even think they have even a plan. I hope they have a plan. Apparently not. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) How do you sign up Charlize Theron and say, well, if things go well? Um, I mean, it, if Marvel says, hey, you want to be in Marvel, I guess, you know, a lot of people are probably going to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I just it, it it was weird to me. The whole scene was weird and, and silly. And yeah, but it's going to get like a lot of people are going to lose their minds. And yeah, for sure. Here's what I'll say. I, we've spent the past like 50 minutes kind of talking ill of this movie but i want to say if you (laughs) if you watch this and you're upset at us for not getting the sam raimi stuff for discounting fan service for all that you have every right to i get it i'm a fan too i just after 28 movies and the level that marvel has risen to with endgame and with some like wandavision more recently this just feels like what are they doing man like Empty fan service is not what Marvel typically does. And here's here's where we are now. Yeah, they're usually the the gold standard for how to do this stuff right. And now they're starting to falter quite a bit. Uh, and it's it's a bummer to see because I, I loved watching this stuff just as much as any other fan would. I freaking love the MCU. So it's a little heartbreaking every time that there's a, a you know, 
one on the lower end of the spectrum, but I, that doesn't mean we're not going to be right back here for Thor Red right. or Thor Love and Thunder or whatever comes next. Yeah, and Love and Thunder, to be fair, I am super psyched for because I love it Ragnarok. Amazing. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. Um, and and just to give my quick, quick summary of like Moon Knight, I am like in the middle on that one, not as down on that as I am this. Um, the the finale just aired. It's not my. It's it's whatever. Um, but yeah, I but like I liked Hawkeye. You know, I'm a, a defender of the playlist for Hawkeye. Yeah. When everybody was telling me it's not great, I'm like, no, shit's good. Um, I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier and people at the playlist were telling me it's garbage. I thought it was great. Whatever. That was pretty solid. Yeah. So I love these movies and I'm okay with fan service. I just, you know, oh, No Way Home. I literally, people, I I literally cried during No Way Home. (laughs) Cried like a fucking baby. (laughs) So don't tell me the fan service doesn't work. It works on me. This is just not, not the fan service I want. Yeah. They can't, I guess they can't get it right all the time now, which is a bummer, but yeah. that's where we're at. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, we, we Let's be real. Doctor Strange is going to be probably the biggest movie this summer. I don't know that it's going to make a billion because I don't think it's as wildly good as like a No Way Home. So I don't think it's... I don't think it, it's going to have the word of mouth that No Way Home has. Not just that. I think parents are going to fucking hate this movie. Because we, we said this as we were leaving. How many parents are going to bring their kids like, oh, Dr. Strange, and then just walk out? <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids are going to have this imprinted in their brain for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck some kids up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I don't see this being a billion dollar movie, but I think it's going to be huge. Uh, we'll get Dr. Strange 3 probably with Charlize Theron or at least a TV show or something. I don't know. The Adventures but, of Clea and Strange. I'd be there for that. Oh, sure, whatever. As long as Sam Raimi doesn't direct it. Exactly. And that's and that's where we'll wrap up. Um, thank you, Mike, for discussing this with me. Sorry that this is the second Marvel movie in a row that we've discussed. Oh no, I, I keep forgetting about Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. So you know we one. had we had another one there. We had a shit sandwich. But we the meat, we didn't the meat mind pretty Shang Chi. Shang Chi is pretty good. No, Shang Chi is great, especially when you look at it in comparison to the yeah. like Eternals <laughs> and Doctor Strange. Yeah, give give uh, Daniel Destin Cretton like all the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll be back soon, and uh, we won't be talking about Marvel for a little bit, hopefully. And yeah, have a good day. We. Uh,